Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, it's and the Reverend Captain Kickass. I think we've said this before. Labor Day like weekend is, is my day. Labor Day weekend yeah. is the Free Talk Live version. That's when we moved. That's when we made the migration. We we did the show on Saturday night, like we are here tonight, okay. in uh, 2006. And I had had the moving truck packed up. We had a Penske moving truck because the U-Haul fleet was absolute garbage. Right. And Penske had actually just got a whole new fleet. Yeah. So they had all brand they new trucks. They were a bit more expensive, though, right, than U-Haul? I don't recall. Like 10, 20 like, bucks or I something. I don't remember yeah. noticing, like, oh, my God, shockingly more no, expensive. No, it wasn't shockingly, but they are, like, if you're budget conscious. It was a smooth ride, though. I'll tell you, it was worth yeah. whatever. If it was extra, it was worth whatever it was. But because uh, I, I did have a U-Haul truck once when I moved just across town when I lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. I got a U-Haul truck and it was the biggest mistake. It was so bad. I like It was like a manual shift. Yeah. And just trying to get that thing in gear, you could hear the transmission grinding. Yeah. It was crazy. I had a similar experience. We ended up going with Ryder mm-hmm. because like the U-Haul truck that we got was just so much of a piece of crap. And we were like, no, we can't even begin to load stuff. Like, we drove it from the U-Haul place and to like, the house. No and by the time we got to the house, we're like, this <laughs> yeah. thing probably won't even make it to the new place. Right. And so, yeah, we ended up going with, we took it back and we went with Ryder. It took us a couple of days. We had to wait because, you uh, Do know. you think U-Haul's improved their fleet since then? Cause no, not need, at all. No? No, Jeez. I think U-Haul is the exact same company they've always been. I mean, I know you just rented a van from them, but that's that's a little different, right? Well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it was expensive. Yeah. Right. The per day cost is not expensive, but their the mileage is buck, buck yeah. 15 a mile now. Like I saw an old TV show recently where they talked about U-Haul and they're like, this thing is costing me 15 cents per mile. And they were complaining wow. about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of money back and, then. And I'm like, oh, wow, man. It's like a whole dollar more <laughs> now. So. Yeah. Well, things are definitely not getting cheaper out there. That is for well, sure. It's interesting that. Uh, and, and again, I think we might have talked about this before. If we haven't, we should. I'm just feeling some vujade here, which is the feeling that nothing like this has ever happened before. <laughs> Instead okay. of deja vu. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, uh, Monday, technically, which I won't be on the air on Monday on Free Talk Live because we have a, a different show on on Monday. Yeah. But Monday is technically my four-year anniversary, my very first oh, appearance. You on, also moved on Labor Day. No, my very first appearance on Free... I moved, oh, on Free Talk. I Live. moved on Memorial Day weekend. Ah, okay, okay. But my very first appearance on Free Talk Live was on Labor, Labor Day, Day weekend, weekend, the Monday of. So, I see. you know, Sunday night when I'm doing... When we're doing the Sunday show, I'll mention it again. Mm-hmm. But I think that's very cool that, like, Free Talk Live's first... Right. You know, sort of versary of being in the Shire is on Labor Day, and so yep. is mine. I think that serendipitously lines up. We packed up the truck, uh, got a you know pretty large moving truck because we moved basically my stuff and Mark's stuff up together. Yeah, if I recall correctly, and uh, my girlfriend at the time. So we had three of us moving up there, and Mark. Uh, came behind us in his car at the time, so yeah. we kind of had a carpool uh, going on. And didn't on. you like get this Convoy. place sight unseen? I had never been to New Hampshire before moving here. Yeah, that's correct. And and so I did that too. Like when I moved, yeah, I, that's I, right. I didn't buy it. I rented a place for the first year, but the place that I rented, all I did was talk to the guy over the phone and have right. him send me like a video walkthrough of the place. And so yeah, I, had I to, took I had pictures. The realtor sent me pictures. And that's yeah. it. Wow. 
Because I bought awesome, this in man. 2006, so video walkthroughs I don't think were as uh, as common sure. back then. Uh, Peoples Mountaineer joining us. Welcome, sir. Glad to be here. We're talking you about double bearded bastard. You. I am. We're talking about moving to New Hampshire. Um, you've been here longer than the captain. How many years has oh, it been for you? Um, uh, 2017. So a couple okay, of years, a couple years before. Years before. Yeah. When were you? When did you make the move? I I, uh, I landed in the free state uh, for the last half of Pork Fest that year. Okay. So June, late June, mm-hmm. mid June, yep. and then you came to uh, Keen's Crypto Meetup, if yep. I recall correctly, at the uh, Rick's yeah, Ice Cream. I, I went all over the place. Uh, uh-huh. I went to the I went to the Seacoast. I went uh-huh. to Manchester. I went to Keen. Like, I recently uh, have made several attempts to uh, get some folks who are intending to move somewhere, anarchist types, right? They're, like, mm. looking for a better way, you know, and been like, New Hampshire, you know, one of the reasons film, you know, handed out, you know, some stuff or whatever. Right. And the response is, New Hampshire is too expensive, mm. which I get if you're trying to buy a place. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, that, yes. I'm, except if you want to go north where it's still inexpensive, you can still get... You know, five acres for 50, 60 grand, mm-hmm. you know, in the North Country if you want to be isolated and, you know, off grid. If you can work remotely like and you don't mind being, co- you know, it being a little colder, then that's a, that's an option. Yeah, well, the- but, but like the people who live in places that are already less expensive than New Hampshire, like there's yeah. just no convincing them to come to the Shire regardless. Mm-hmm. Like just based on expense, right? If you're talking from a numbers perspective of how you're trying to get them to come. Even Berlin is up way more than what it was yeah. a decade ago. Yeah. Like you used to be able to get like a three unit or four unit multiplex in Berlin for like thirty or forty thousand dollars. Now might need a little 60, work. 70. I don't know, man. I'm I don't see much under a hundred right now. There's a lot of hundred and fifties. I mean, I'm not looking at what types of houses, sure. but yeah. there's a lot over a hundred now in Berlin. I was just talking about acreage, right? Like okay. you know, if you wanted to get something and do your own thing. Uh, the North Country, you know, mid to north, you know, New Hampshire is where yeah, I think you mentioned uh, the lack of zoning restrictions in some of these areas. Uh, and that there kind are of thing. some of those, yeah. So, but the difficulty is in some of these places you can't get high speed internet still. Mm. They're so rural that it just doesn't exist. Mm, so, right. well, uh, I, I understand Starlink Starlink's a thing now is is a thing now. So that might be a problem that you can overcome uh, if you're willing to spend to acquire the Starlink package. Uh, at your off-grid property but you know and then you can drill a well and put in a septic system if one doesn't already exist many new hampshire properties have these things but when these properties are sold they're sold as um you know as is we won't you know do any testing or repair so if they don't work it's not on us it's on you so yeah, the, you got to be careful about that stuff. Yeah, the biggest things in the positive direction that I've seen out here, though, uh, number one, the groceries. Just the very simple fact of not having the tax on them has made a huge impact. I don't like the meal tax because I'm like, but these are groceries. No, no, they're not. They are cooked. It doesn't That's matter. Not how the government work. shouldn't be able to steal more because somebody cooked the groceries. Well, the government shouldn't be able to if, steal if anything. Buy, but... If I buy a rotisserie chicken from the deli, there's no meal tax on it. But if I go to Bob's Smoked Chicken Emporium, which doesn't exist, and buy a rotisserie chicken, that is meal tax. Yeah, it's kind of like a value-added tax which that is, they have in a lot of countries. First of all, taxation is dumb. Yeah. Right. Regardless well, of whether evil. it's theft and evil and extortion, taxation is dumb uh, because it treats everything unfairly across the board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, I was just looking. Yeah, at the it. other the other one is uh, the gas prices are way better here than they were in uh, in Denver, and always mm-hmm. are. Yeah, than Seattle too. Yeah. 
I was just looking at Berlin here on Zillow.com, which is one of those real estate yep. sites. And I remember looking at this several years ago, and it was most houses were under 100000 Now, if you yeah. filter by 100000 being the maximum price, you get two houses. One of them is an as-is, so it's a real fixer-upper, if not a terror-downer. Yeah. And uh, and then, then the other one is 97000 so just under a hundred. Most of them are in the like 150 plus range at this yeah. point. So If you are a handy person, yeah. if you're good at like... You know, cutting and sawing and gluing and caulking and mm-hmm. you know all these kinds of things. Or car repair, uh, or, or <laughs> That's automotive. What we need. Yeah, or automotive repair. Like there is a market for your services here. You can make out like a bandit because you could get into mm-hmm. a ninety thousand dollar house, for example. Uh, you know, throw some time and money into it while you live there, and then turn around and sell it for two, three times what you've got into it, depending on the location. Well, also, there's, as I understand it, there's. We were just talking about licenses earlier. There is no license for a contractor in right. New Hampshire, right. so you can just get into that business, and you don't have to ask anyone's permission. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, and, we have we have way fewer uh, uh, licenses in general for for various occupations. Yeah, and hopefully we're going to see that getting reduced over time <laughs> as we're more, on it. more we're free staters are getting elected. As I mentioned, I think it was earlier this year. You seem to think it was earlier than this year, but. I remember hearing something earlier this year that they got some sort of new law in that says that if you have if you move here from another state and you have a license that is licensed that yep. is licensed in New Hampshire oh, so as you well. Don't have to, so you don't have to run the paperwork to get the uh, the New Hampshire license to be recognized. It's that's it's just like, what I heard. It's like mm. the reciprocal concealed carry license, right? Mm. Right. Nice. It's like that. It's reciprocal professional licensure. Yeah, if I you're think a licensed new signed massage that. therapy. Uh, yeah, no, it's done. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's a done deal. So if you move here with a license for something, right? Welding. Uh, you know, uh, pharmacy, uh, TV repair, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of the list of the Sally Struthers <laughs> things that you could buy the online courses for back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like any of those things that require a license. If you have one already in another state, you move here, you already have that license here. They recognize that as you might have to go and, you know, be like, yeah, hey, I, I don't live know here if you now have to... and can, you know, I need to exchange this somehow. Yeah, I don't know if you have to I do don't... that or you can just show your license from Florida yeah. or whatever and you're good to go. Let's go to Dave Ridley. He's on the line with us from RidleyReport.com. Uh, Dave, what's on your mind tonight? And and by the way, I know you were calling for a different reason, um, but if you don't mind telling us, when did you move to uh, New Hampshire? Yeah, August of 04. 04. Okay, August of 04. So that's uh, two years before I made the move. I don't even know what I was doing in 04. Do, do you know, at one point, the Free State Project did hand out mover numbers. Do you recall what number you might have been? I think I was number 50, roughly. Okay. 50. Wow. Not bad at all. Congratulations. Ready. Yeah. OG uh, Ridley. So you just <laughs> celebrated your 19th year here in New Hampshire. I did? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you did. Because I'm doing 17 doesn't, here and you were here too. Doesn't years sound like me. you celebrated. But, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. I uh, have a blowout for the big 2 0 next year. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I know that Bonnie actually did an interview of you this weekend, and you, you guys actually did talk in detail about your move to New Hampshire and, you know, kind of what came before that and, and so on. So that, I believe, Bonnie is planning on releasing on the Free Talk Live podcast. So those of you who are subscribed to the Free Talk Live podcast will receive a apparently an in-depth 
like approximately hour long, 45 minutes, somewhere in that range uh, interview of uh, of Dave Ridley. So very, very cool stuff that is to come whenever it's ready, which hopefully we'll be. I'm looking forward to it. Just yeah, in the next the, week. The historical perspective on this, just because, and like Dave just said, he moved here in 04. There's so many people that have moved here since I moved here. I moved mm-hmm. here in 2019. And a lot of those folks probably don't have like the historical picture of right. the activism that happened that got you know even people who moved here four years ago to to move here much less them moving here and so i think it's very important for something focusing mm. on the history of the activism to uh, be published yeah i think that's what her intention is uh with this particular series she's working on uh so really what were you calling about tonight well uh one of the few good things to come out of covid uh, in New Hampshire uh, was the creation of an organization called, it's currently called RebuildNH.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was re-something initially, and then they changed it. Restarting? Uh, what was it? Reopen. Reopen, that's what yeah. it was. Thank you. Reopen, and then it became Rebuild. Uh, but what are they up to now? So they've stayed active, and um, what they, uh, they're kind of like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, except they're focused, you know, just on, it seems like just on health freedom and the freedom to stay open during pandemics, you know, basically that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe there's some other stuff they do, but that's the stuff I, I think they're focused on. Um, and um, the, uh, uh, they, they released a, a notice recently that I guess there is a, going to be a special election that they think is uh, really important because of the, I guess the New Hampshire house right now is pretty closely divided between Republicans and Democrats. So one seat actually makes a fairly large difference right now. Okay. So they have, they have sent out a questionnaire to both candidates that I guess got through their primaries. Uh, one candidate answered, uh, Jim, uh, Buzowski, I think is how he pronounces it. Mm-hmm. on the movie with Dr. Polsku. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure exactly how he pronounces it, but okay. the, um, other candidate did not answer. So they've endorsed Guzowski, and uh, I think the election is on the I think it's on the 19th of September. Mm-hmm. So this will slightly uh, probably change the balance of power in the state house, according to Melissa Vlasic, uh from uh, from reopening H. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I think they have done overall. I think they've done some good work. There were some questionable things that the organization did at uh, at one point. I'm trying to recall exactly what it was that was kind of like a disappointment. I think they were. I think at one point they advocated the use of government force, and, uh, and some of the the people who had been fans of that organization were kind of disappointed by that. And I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly what it was that they wanted the government to. Uh, to mandate, I think it was like they wanted to, the the government to mandate that people uh, running businesses would have to like couldn't fire somebody over their refusal to get a right. get a, um, uh, a test or something like that, right? Because right? you remember there was a time when certain businesses, whether they're right or wrong, to make this decision, certain yeah. businesses were telling their employees you have to get the shot or whatever you have to in be order tested to, every day before yeah. you come in or whatever yeah whatever some, the requirement yeah. was and uh, reopen nh uh, kind of abandoned the whatever principle that it that seemed like they might have had as far as government non-interference they then wanted government to interfere in those businesses that didn't have their particular viewpoint and i found that to be uh kind of distasteful but overall i think they do tend towards the the right choices 
Kevin. He's on the line in Florida in the Tallahassee area listening to WVFT-FM. Go ahead, Kevin. How are you doing, guys? Hey. It's great to hear you again. What's I on really your mind? I really like listening to your shows. Welcome, sir. But it gets difficult when there's callers who don't have complete comprehension on some of the topics. And that the is always frustration that uh, frustration using. involved with those calls. Like Stuart. Sure. Yeah. I, I do my best to listen and recognize that the lack of comprehension can be fixed. It can be, yeah. Um, I mean, certainly there's a will. ignorance is something that can be fixed. It's a, a, a key component, though. That's you have to correct. People. And that's the important right. thing to these type of conversations, especially the guy, Squidward Stewart, whatever you guys call mm-hmm. him. I've only heard him once or twice. Every Saturday, I do my best to be here to hear you guys because it's always educational. And I really like some of the stuff that um, is going on with the free sire and the rest of the projects is going on with the pork people and so on and so forth. I've yeah, the free, free state the project is the migration stuff. you're referring it's to. Important. It is. But it is. his terms required me to call in okay because in order for him to completely comprehend the topics that he's discussing he has to decide which jury he is going to limit himself to jury 10 yes seriously jury what is that how do you spell it uh gu not excuse me not 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 uh not uh syllabic but uh not phonetic, but syllabic, uh, J-U-R-A, Latin for jurisdiction, okay. uh, legal uh, speaking, gotcha. or words used, i.e., um, a lawyer speaking at court, for example, is speaking, and this is why they said the Queen's English back in the 16, 17, 18, and even in the 1900s, yep. versus, for example, common law. Because when you do the research, which hopefully he will do the research to be able to speak with you and educate some of the other listeners, even listening to him, I got educated on some things. But the purpose of knowing the terms helps define what you're attempting to discuss, okay, whether it's territory. What's the etymology of the term? Mm-hmm. You don't, somebody just didn't wake up one morning and come up with the word, oh, I'm going to come up with this word territory. No. Terror. The word comes from a compound of warfare, terrorism, and, well, either victory or when you go back to the terms Tory and Whig, that was part of wait, wait, wait. the usage so of that term, territory. Territory yes, exactly. is a portmanteau? No. No, I'm I would sorry. Be you, from you, got, terra, you got some folk etymology going on upon, there, buddy. Yeah, I would guess it was from Terra, as in the Earth. Uh, that yes, is one. You are correct. When okay. you're speaking of land, you are speaking of territory. But this is the very important thing. Remember that term we discussed? Oh, goodness. Well, a couple well, of months before ago, you go yeah, on, this Kevin. This has nothing to do with the Tories Kevin. of England. That has nothing yes, to do with the it, word that territory. That's not where it came from. Where did it come from? But, uh, it comes but, from but Captain, Terra and Orium. Kevin, hold the, hold that thought so you so Peekless can yeah. actually speak to you on this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear At a lot of folk definition. at a Sorry, go ahead. At least this is definition, because there are quite a few. When you use the idem sonans, another Latin term, for the idea sounds the same. 
Okay, what were you going to say? Uh, okay, about so this, yeah, this no, you're right. It's, it's from Terra and Ori, mm-hmm. uh, from Orium meaning a place. So yeah, a place on Earth is a territory. Yeah, it has nothing to do with terror. That is not the etymology yeah, of this has... particular word. But when you are in the jure of at turny. Which yeah, I could, is what you I couldn't find jure either. J U R A might be A. That maybe A E R A E R A E. Okay. Correct. Sorry about that. It's jure, which is the term for what what realm you're speaking in. Not realm as in this fantasy stuff, but you know what what are the definitions of the boundary? For example, the court. For example, an economic situation. For example, like the professor just mentioned, with a land term, if you're discussing the contract to purchase land, you're not going to be using terms that have to do with growing food, for example, unless that's the purpose of the contract you're negotiating, right? Indeed. It is important to know the terms. If you uh, are not on the same definition as the other person you're speaking with, then you might as well not be speaking at all. There's a certain set of you know laws, you know dictates whatever it is that uh, politicians will you know sort of write down, and then that can get you arrested. Now, once you're inside of the system, there's this whole other language of legalese, mm-hmm. right? That is the second set of books, if you will, uh, that applies to you now that you are under their quote custody unquote, right? And so the understanding of that is key, is paramount, I think, to understanding how evil the system is because you're not subjected to those rules until you post arrest, right? You're, you're subjected to a bunch of other rules, but once you have been arrested and now you're under the custody of insert state organization here, uh, this second set of books now applies to you. Yeah. I, I am always extremely wary of any usage of Latin because it makes you sound intelligent and important and it gives you an air of authority that can be completely wrong. So if I start talking about your quadratus lumborum, ooh, that sounds special. But if I say your lumbar square, you're like my what? This muscle right here. Mm. Oh, well, now I sound like a peer, like I'm on the same level, mm-hmm. also figuring out reality instead of instead of some wizard who can st- Use Harry Potter speak to tell you how powerful my knowledge of your world is. Well, that's why if you've ever seen the Mark Stevens book, Adventures in Legal Land, there's a judge dressed as a wizard on the front cover of that book. And that's because they are literally using these words that are highfalutin, hard to define, mean different things than what uh, you know they would normally mean. That's a mean. book we should have had on the list whenever the caller called in a week mm. or two ago that said, hey, can you recommend some books? Like Adventures in Legal opener. Land mm. is an ideal book for those sort of just foraying into uh, libertarianism or you know what is the state. But yeah, yeah they definitely want to talk above people. Mm-hmm. They want to have their own special language. Oh sounds like mm-hmm. the words that we say sometimes but they don't mean the same things the right. word person of course is a perfect example of that it means so many different things in legal yeah, land or my favorite in 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 as in i-n-n or i no in just the article in now mm-hmm. i am in this room but in legalese in means under the jurisdiction of right ah, okay. yeah so it sounds like it's the same word but it means a completely different thing mm-hmm. so when i say are you in new hampshire in human speech that means are you 
present is your body located in the geographical location that we associate with New Hampshire. That's what that means in human speech. What that means in legalese is, are you under the jurisdiction of this corporate entity? Or are you part of the body politic of this particular corporate entity? No, I am not. Right. So you mean completely different things, and that's that's the sneaky side of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the not sneaky side is when they start using bits of Latin, and that actually taps into uh, the old Catholic tradition where you would go to Mass, they would speak not one word that you understood, mm-hmm. but it all sounded very impressive because they were speaking Latin. And, oh, well, these, these men in robes, they are so wise and so knowing. Clearly, they have insight into God's will for my life. I must do everything that they tell tell me to do and it's the same trick it's the same trick of i am not your peer i am the authority over you mm-hmm. when no you're not you are also trying to figure this out and if you want to you can pretend that you have figured life out but that just makes you a liar or a lawyer mm. <laughs> oh but right. you repeat yourself right <laughs> now it's all it's all matters of baffling us i don't think that uh all lawyers are bad i want to make sure that that's clear in fact i think you guys are going to have a guest uh in tonight who's studying to become a lawyer on uh yeah, on but he's not one yet <laughs> so and so i don't think they're all bad but they do have to swear an oath to the system they do have to become an officer the of court. the court and that's just part of the deal of becoming that particular what is it, the, job. The the tennis court, the ping pong court. Is it you know what court do they uh, have to the, uphold? The court of destroying people's lives. Hmm. Uh, that is so the federal the and the state courts yeah, in this case. Okay. But uh, so I think I think you guys, at least my understanding of what you're saying is you're both right. Like we should not adopt their language. That right. is not a good idea. But on the other hand, we should know what they are saying when they say things. Should we? So we can at least understand what they're dangerous. saying. I think that's dangerous. I think that's extremely dangerous because you don't. You will think that you know what they're saying, mm-hmm. but then they'll have some random thing where like in means something completely different than what it means in human speech. Right. And yeah, those are two examples. There are many others. And there are way more examples that I don't know than examples that I do know. The ones who play the word games are the attorneys and the judges. Those are the ones who play the word right. games. The police aren't even like educated on most of this stuff well so they get trained though they do get trained to use particular phrases of art Uh, they always use things like understand and subject subject, but on on the scale of uh legal verbal trickery uh they're the low man on the totem pole yeah like i mean you can already outthink them uh just as i know you today so like you know um it's not a very high bar to set but when you get to the second level now you're dealing with the attorneys of many years who have studied the linguistics mm. and the etymology of legalese if you will and it is a whole different language it is like learning yeah. latin or spanish or some other foreign language and you're right they change the definitions uh, and that's why people when they get attacked by the state they go up against them they try to defend themselves and they can't because they're using common definitions Mm -hmm. and the state is not yeah and that and that is one of the things so the policeman may not understand the term of art that he's using some of them do but most of the time they don't but that doesn't matter they are trained to use different phrases so that when the lawyer comes along when the judge comes along you have already agreed to something that puts you in a particular category in their own little secret language so it's like oh no you already agreed to this right here so we can go ahead and do this to you yeah but you're assuming that just because they were trained
saying they're effective at using these things, and I contend that they're not very effective. Well, they are when they uh, they say, for instance, they pull somebody over and they have no probable cause to search the car, so they have to get your consent. They have the guns. They Well, they have guns, and that certainly helps their position. And the but, shiny badge. No mm-hmm. doubt, but they also have to get your consent, and so they will say one of these terms of art, I think is what you, you mm-hmm. use, uh, they will say something like, I'm going to have to ask to search the car, and they'll hold the, you know, put their hand on their gun or something like that, so... The, the statement itself is an honest statement in that he has to ask you if he can search. Mm-hmm. So he is asking. It doesn't sound like an ask. Right. It sounds like I have to yeah. search well, your car. I mean, the whole point of like a, a traffic stop or you know, a cop pulling you over for any reason is to put you under a state of duress. Sure. That's why the big flashing lights, the mm-hmm. giant, the giant, I mean, I don't know if you've seen how big the spotlights are now, how many lumens they're mm-hmm. using on these cop cars yeah. these days. They are they blind super you. bright, and they yeah. blind you, and they create a whole bunch of attention drawn towards you by people passing by and rubbernecking. What's going on with that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, he must be a bad person. He's getting pulled mm-hmm. over for something. like right. And so you're immediately under a state of duress. The flashing lights, the bright spotlight, the guy in the uniform with the gun, Gun, right, so it doesn't even matter what you say. You're already under a state of duress. Well, yeah. it's better to not say anything. Uh, although Absolutely. even now Always. they've even now they've said you have to say something to establish your right not to speak because that was apparently a Supreme Court case a few years back or several years ago. I can't so. just get a tattooed on my forehead. Well, it's possible the cop can't read. Uh, so <laughs> oh, yeah. then, based on the IQ. <laughs> so I, you know, my favorite response that I've that I've seen is I don't answer questions. Yep. I think that's the to me that seems like the safest thing that you can say to the police this is not legal advice it's just what i've seen what i've experienced uh out there and that would include not allowing them to search if they say something about that and you can also if you want if you're going to speak to the police the best thing you can do is be the one asking the questions not answering the questions so if a cop says something like i'm gonna have to ask search the car uh then you can say something like are you just asking or you know you can clarify is that a question uh, and do I can I say no or whatever or right. just say no? Harry Brown, the Libertarian Party presidential candidate, literally talked about taking a wrecking ball to the IRS and selling the uh, the wreckage. Lots of people do, but they don't talk about reducing the number of laws. Mm. Well, that would have been reducing the IRS uh, into zero. So well, that would reduce those well, laws. Well, now hold on. I mean, I'm sorry to nitpick, but there's nothing legal about the IRS. Like, there are no laws that back up any of their power. It's just that they will put you in prison. Well, there's an entirety of the IRS code. There's a, there's like, was it Title 26 or yeah, something like that? Yeah, there's an IRS code. That's not a law. Code, it's right. not even a statute. Okay. Now, right. So now you're getting into legal and <laughs> well, sure, uh, but, definitions but, but, here, right? right? But, Most people call the things uh, politicians or bureaucrats write laws. Now, in legal land, there's statutes, there's codes, right. there's ordinances, right. there's, you know, constitutional amendments. There's all these different categories. Uh, catalogs and what i'm saying is that i've never heard anybody run on the platform of reducing the number of those okay i'm pretty sure libertarians have done that like like they may have said hey i'm going to eliminate the irs but that's not their that's their platform there's been proposals their platform isn't reducing the number of things you're subjected to i know i've Mm. heard uh well i mean that would be the the part of it you you get rid of the irs you're getting rid of the irs code but but as far as the the number of these things laws ordinances right like nobody has said this is my platform This is what I'm running on. I want to get into office and reduce all of this crap.
I'm pretty sure a ton of libertarian candidates have for said president? that over the years. I mean, I, don't, I can't say 100% per, per president or whatever, but I mean, that's generally... The, I would think that if that were somebody's platform... That's you know? generally the libertarian platform is to get in there and I reduce agree that the law. that it's generally so. libertarian thought, but they haven't come right out and said, this is my platform. I'm Maybe it's just platform. in recent years, like because I feel like they did I that back in the day. Anything like related to that was maybe when Kokesh outlined his plan for how to dismantle the federal government by basically turning it over to everybody who currently works for the federal government... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And going, you now have you know, two years to turn this into a profitable business well, of your own. There's one example. Then. Yeah. There you go. Well, so two things. One, uh, that is the easiest thing in the world to promise since uh, you will never know if I did it since we don't actually know how many laws there are. Right. Is there a yeah. lesser number than the unknown right. number that right. currently exists? Number two, if if you were actually trying to reduce the number of laws through that process, the only way I could see even taking a stab at it is to have a, a what they call a sunset, sunset. law. Right. Yeah. And there have been proposals like that. Uh, at least I've heard them here in New Hampshire. Right. Which, uh, uh, for anyone not familiar, uh, but nothing sun- ever gone through. Yeah, which for anyone not familiar, a sunset law would be that they have to uh, they have to agree uh, after a certain period of time that this law remains, or else it goes away. You know Correct. that this doesn't exist already because every now and again on your local news. They'll run some fun thing at the end of the year. Like, oh, did you know that in Texas it's illegal for you to, you know, grow tomatoes and pears on the same property within a half acre? Whatever it is. Some Mm -hmm. crazy outdated law that's still on the books from 1747. Isn't that zany? Right? Yeah, and they laugh over that. Ha ha ha! Look at the details of your oppression. Yeah. But, it's, but it's still freaking there. Nobody's yeah, taking there. it away. It's yeah. totally ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's no illegal in, on today's society. I yeah. think in New Hampshire, I remember hearing this one. It's illegal to play baseball on Sunday or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, my my understanding of the IRS code is it works like this. If you end up in a trial over your tax, you hmm. will be found guilty. Period. Full stop. They found Any me guilty. situation where you end up in trial for taxes, you will be found guilty. And the reason is very simple. That jury is paying their taxes. That's right. And yeah. they are pissed yeah, that I, you might not be paying yours. Man, if if you're accused of not paying taxes, then the jury of your peers should be a bunch of people who also are not taxes. paying taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, the state, by the way, uh, state is capitalized in the U.S. Constitution, except in the 12th Amendment. Mm. But it means two different things. Uh, It means the bureaucracy or it means the land area. And in Article 1, Section 9, where it talks about importing slaves until 1808, uh, the migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by the Congress. The the idea that a state can think, Mm. even Mm. a bureaucracy cannot think, a Congress cannot think, members of Congress can think. And that's why it's important. I don't know. Did you see that video of uh, Mitch McConnell? Where oh, he, just stands, well, he just stands there and, like, stares off into the distance for a didn't, half a minute. Didn't your judge in yeah. one of your uh, trial days say something like, well, the federal government feels, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever point, right? Like, Probably, really? Does uh, the federal government feel? It has feelings like, now, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, by the way, uh, it's important to remember that uh, Aria, if he hadn't shown up at uh, the sentencing hearing, the judge would not hunt him down and tackle him and uh, bring him to jail. The cops 
do that. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, so it's really the fault of law enforcement goons when uh, people are being arrested. And then even if they're uh, set out on bail, if they don't show up, it's not the fault of the judge as much as it's the fault of law enforcement goons <laughs> and that uh, the police forces of a hostile domestic I'm, government. I'm just are imagining just as much a judge as in the, like a black robe, like chasing our <laughs> tackling somebody. Tackling. Yeah. <laughs> now that would be a good TV show. I'd watch that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Tom, there are plenty of people who will take those positions, although it's getting harder. Apparently, some uh, police departments are having difficulties recruiting these days and for the last several years. So it is getting more difficult to find uh, goons to fill those positions, but they still find some. Live free. Don't join. Hmm. What they got to do is people got to say that they have uh, publicly say that they have resolved that they will never render aid to a cop in distress unless required by law to do so. Let, let's say you're on the ambulance crew, then you have to because it's your job. But if you see a cop drive off the road and splatter into a tree, just make sure nobody's trapped in the back seat before the patrol car blows up. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. So every now and then the bastards will do something to make themselves look magnanimous. Oh, look what we've done for you. In this case, it's the marijuana smokers or the marijuana consumers, because not a lot of people are smoking it these days. There's vaporizers, there's edibles, there's all kinds of different ways to consume cannabis. And we can thank the marketplace for those developments. We can thank decriminalization. We can thank uh, legalization. We can thank medical. We can thank innovation for things like Delta 8. Right. Sure. And all the all the other strains, if you will, that get around the legal classification, because, well, when there's a demand, there's a market. Yeah. And markets will get around the the roadblocks through that the innovation throws up there. Uh, but there's, you know, for the last 30 years or so since the mid 1990s, when it was California in 1996, that you know, every now and then a broken clock strikes uh, strikes right. And California decided to go with medical cannabis and they uh, did that. And then other states followed suit. And now we see a majority, if not a super majority, I think, of states are doing medical cannabis programs. Yep. We're seeing a large number of states, not as many, but some states are doing uh, recreational. And so they have ratcheted back the enforcement of these particular laws. Yeah, they are but, still being enforced in different ways. But, but, it's a, but it's a trade-off because they're also databasing everyone. Sure, and there's licenses and more control just in a different way. And we've t- covered the story uh, a couple of times here on Free Talk Live of like, you know, such and such wants to tie your gun rights to whether or not you've had a medical marijuana card. And yeah. if you've had one, you can't own guns. Well, the good news like is that. there was actually a federal court case recently, and I think, uh, I don't remember which circuit it was, but there was a, a federal district court that ruled that the law that prohibits people who've had drug convictions from owning guns is unconstitutional. So there actually has been some movement yeah. in the right direction on that. But, but- what I'm saying is it's this is one of these bastard moves that they do where they're like, mm, okay, well, I guess if you have some sort of chronic ailment, we'll let you join this exclusive club. We'll yeah. let you buy a license, right, so that you oh, yeah. can go to our licensed retailers, right, and, and total get you control. some medicine only if you give us your... KYC information, your first name, your last name, yeah. your date of birth, your address, your home phone number, yeah, it's ugly. Uh, every email address you have, your bank account, the arm of your firstborn, whatever the hell it is, yep. it's a trade-off. They're, uh, they're, they're 
giving you back a right that you had anyway mm-hmm. in exchange for you providing them information for their database. You libertarians thinking you can just own plants that you grew. Right. Without asking permission? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not here to tout legalization as some great thing. I mean, it it is exactly as you described, Captain. It is a total control system. They have not lessened their control. You're being strong-armed simply, for, for a privilege. Right. They've simply shifted the control. So instead of it being total prohibition, which is one form of control, mm. it is now... We're going to allow X, Y, and Z, but under all these restrictions and licenses and taxes and regulations, which all add costs to the creation of this plant and the distribution of this plant, which should just be natural, should be growing everywhere. It should be easy to, to... you know, buy and sell. Congratulations, citizen. It is now possible to bribe us for permission to do this. (laughs) If the state of New Hampshire, uh, this is an area that I'll I'll give some uh, concedence to, if the state of New Hampshire were to uh, put something, you know, into law that said marijuana is no longer prohibited at all in New Hampshire, period. That would be amazing. They're not going to try and yeah. statize it right. by, you know, forcing everybody who opens a retail store to be a cookie cutter of every other retail yeah. store like all the other states have done. Right. They're just going to say, no, it's no longer prohibited at any level. I'm opening a coffee shop tomorrow. If I they hear you. I hear you. Right. Because that like it all started with the dream. People have marijuana aficionados, people who use it for medicine. Mm-hmm. They, they'd go to Amsterdam. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and they'd be like, oh, a coffee shop? And I could buy a joint. I could sit over here in this room with my friends and we could have some coffee am- and smoke amazing. this joint. It's amazing. Wow. That has never occurred in the United States. Right. Yeah. Despite all of the states, quote, legalizing, unquote. That's because Amsterdam marijuana. had just simply tolerated it. It didn't even legalize it, if I recall correctly. Right. It was unprohibited. Right. Right. Which is the way it should be. And if New Hampshire, if any of you legislators out there want to put forth something like that, I think that's the way to go. It does tend to get put forward. It usually doesn't go anywhere, but usually there's one bill every time that has what you're talking about, where it will treat marijuana like tomatoes yes. and essentially remove prohibition on it. Uh, so I'm not a fan of legalization, okay? But I can acknowledge the fact that. Fewer people going to prison is still better than a bunch of people going to prison. Dana on the line in Michigan, listening in Grand Rapids, WTKG. Go ahead, Dana. Well, because I'm um, in Michigan, Ian, I wanted to comment on the um, water scandal that Gretchen Whitmer is trying to cover up in Benton Harbor. Um, Instead of uh, having that report sent in Greek, why didn't she just store it on Hillary's server? Because nobody would find it. <laughs> That's cute. What you're right? referring to for listeners that are just tuning into the show is apparently there's news in Michigan about a Freedom of Information Act request looking for information about Flint, Michigan. Uh, that uh, I'm not sure what's going on in Benton Harbor, but maybe something similar. But apparently uh, somebody who requested documents in relation to what bureaucrats were writing to one another uh, in regards to Flint and its water situation, looking for any emails, for instance, that had the word Flint in them, was not successful in finding a certain set of emails that were written in Greek because, well, the word Flint would appear differently, and so therefore it wouldn't meet uh, a standard search for, you know, looking through an email box or whatever. So this was this apparently the scandal. Is that your understanding of it, Dana? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women have absolutely positively reached equality, and they have for years. 
Um, these women politicians, we've got three that are running things here. Whitmer, Dana Nessel, the Attorney General, and the Secretary of State. Um, oh you God, mentioned that they're I women. Can... Do you think that female politicians are somehow worse than male politicians? Worse. Absolutely. I mean, they all seem Absolutely. to be a bunch of power-sick freaks. No, they are. I don't disagree with you on that, Ian. But um, these women, um, I think the captain said uh, these politicians are bastards. Well, these women are a B word, but the other. And I don't like when people call people names. It destroys your own credibility in your argument. But I'm telling you, if you could ever use the B word against women, these women, actually, they're beyond Bs. They're just pure evil. The stuff that is going on in this state is unbelievable. So, so I, um, I, again, in, I don't disagree with you about these women. I'm just telling you the men are also pure evil. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing yeah, with the Democrats and the Republicans. They're all pure evil. I don't think everyone is pure evil, but what I'm saying is... Um, I know, you don't think Republicans are pure evil either. No, I didn't say that, and I would appreciate if from this day forward you stop putting words in my mouth. You wait until Ian disconnects me, and then you completely oppositely rephrase what I just said. I have said this before, Peakless. We all need to be on the same side because I'm going to tell you the people on the far left eat their own. I said that two Saturdays ago, and you completely disregarded my comment. All right, so we need a barometer. We need a litmus test to see if we're all on the same side. So, uh, Dana, do you think think that the government, federal government, is necessary for humankind to get by? Um, probably not in its state as it is now. That wasn't the question. Yeah. Is it a yes or a no? That's the answer. Um, okay. so you do, do you think that well, it is necessary in get, any incarnation, uh, in okay, this one, so in a previous would, one, in a possible just, future one? Because okay, we don't. Captain, Captain, you put me on the spot. So now I got to think through uh, that there's so many facets of the government. Um, are you saying to get rid of the feds but put it to state and local? I That would be a great start, but great start. Uh, okay. like if you think it all the way through, there is no reason to have a organization that claims a monopoly on violence to get people to interact appropriately when we can all do that by voluntary agreement. Right, and I don't disagree with probably most of your statement. I've told you guys before probably most. that <laughs> I have a, I, I have a, don't pick out one word and make a big damn deal about it. I have wow. a libertarian bent. I don't, um, I do not believe in centralized government. I just don't. I don't see, I, I well, just. It sounds like right, you me, believe in me, a different version of centralized let government. Me, let me rephrase the question then, Dana. Okay. Do you believe that there is any product or service provided by any level of government that can't otherwise be provided in a free market? 
Well, oh, you didn't say that the first time. You didn't say free market because when I said to you, Captain, you put me on the spot, I was going with the elderly people and um, maybe handicapped people that get um, payments, that get assistance from the government. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think, how are we going to get that to them Mm -hmm. so that they can still survive? But if you say free free market or state or local – um, then I would um, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with. Well, that hold on, hold on, hold on. Now you're putting okay. words in his mouth. He didn't say anything about the state or local government. These politicians want a warmonger all day long. Oh, we've got to we've got to take yeah. you. We got to take a stand not against sign their son up though. They, they're not going over there themselves. No. no, right? They're not picking up arms and putting on boots and going over there themselves. No, There's if, your blood and treasure in this. If right. their kids sign up, then they get a desk job, so they're not facing any kind of right. danger. Yeah, no, it's always been the same thing. People are willing to spend an infinite amount of money on war. Politicians look at that and go, I'd like an infinite amount of money. Yeah. Let's go to war. And, the and wouldn't you know it, make it possible. Somehow, a bunch of that money always ends up in their companies. Mm-hmm. Huh. And the central banks make it all possible. That's why war has been unending. Yeah. And it will never end so long as these positions exist. Right. As long as people allow this set of rules for this kind of person and this set of rules for for everyone else, then, of course, they will always take advantage of that. And there was large controversy uh, in uh, 1913, you know, every time, like the removal of the gold standard, right? Mm -hmm. Controversy. You can go look up uh, microfilm. You can go to your library's website and read the headlines that were going on during those days. Not everybody was on board, and yeah. in fact, they called out all of the things mm-hmm. that have happened. Yeah, they're but like, the if that... we let this happen, we're going to see uh, yeah. unending taxation. We're going to see wars that never end. We're going to see uh, wars that have never been approved through the con- congressional process. Yeah. We're going to see, yeah. and all of these things have come true. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is they don't answer to us. They never have, and they never will. In 1913, they called out about that. They said exactly what was going to happen, but it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if 100 years later we figure out that's exactly what is happening. They will not stop. So here's the big news uh, that we've been teasing all night so far about uh, the federal thugs and marijuana's status. Let's get to it. Which, if you know anything about its status at a federal level, you know it is on what is called Schedule 1 on the DEA's drug classification schedule. And Schedule 1 means that it has absolutely zero medical purpose, essentially. And so it's there with uh, heroin, if I recall correctly, and LSD, which, of course, both have medical purposes. I was going to say, all of those have medical purposes. Yeah, they all have medical purposes. But, yeah, this is politics. This is government. And uh, so I'm the government. I don't see it. Let's write that. But I don't see it. But there's all these doctors. Nope, nope. Not We can't see that. But maybe now they might see it. And that's the proposal here is the proposal from the Department of Health and Human Services has made a recommendation. According to MSN, and this is the Washington Post. They recommend sativa over uh, indica? (laughs) (laughs) They have made a recommendation that marijuana be removed from the category reserved for the riskiest drugs, such as heroin, and moved to the one for certain prescription drugs, which would be Schedule 3 in this particular case. The decision to reclassify marijuana, however, ultimately resides with the Drug Enforcement Administration, which could take months to complete its evaluation. So there was another story that I read earlier about this, not on the air, but just on my own, 
where apparently the process is uh, DHHS, Department of Health and Human Services, is sending this recommendation to Biden. So Biden apparently asked for them to review mm-hmm. the uh, the cannabis status, yep. and this was like, I don't know, a year or something ago. And now they've completed their review, and they have determined that it should be moved to Schedule 3. Now they will send their review to the DEA, and they will take their time to bureaucrats. review the DHHS. We will DHHS. fill out forms in triplicate, and yeah. we will notify yeah. the members of the board that this we is, must meet in order to Yeah, this ain't this. happening tomorrow. Yeah. It ain't happening next week. But it wouldn't surprise me if the DEA came down with their decision just before the election. I'm mm. willing to put some money on what that What would make you think that, Ian? Yeah, because, well, Biden's a terrible president, but he might be able to get the marijuana vote if he decides to essentially oh. decriminalize it at He's the like, federal level. In quick, the how do I get minute. minorities to vote for me? Yeah, in the last Weed. minute. Well, it's not a minority thing per se. There's people all over uh, okay. the place that use cannabis. Now, mind you, he could have on day one said, hey, guys, let's not focus on this at all. Now, he can't yep. make the DEA go away because that's an act of Congress. But he but is he their boss. But he can say, hey, as your boss, right. quit arresting people for pot. It's dumb. Yeah. However, and- if the DEA gets high while they go through this process, it could take way more than months. I don't see why it is he can't even tell the DEA to reschedule it. Rather than playing this political, oh, well, we have to have the DHHS oh, review, you massage the news market, review and we have yeah. to review over here. And then he could just say, I'm your boss. You're an executive uh, department. You made the decision to put this on Schedule 1. I'm telling you, you're putting it on Schedule 3 right now. Mm. He could do that, I'm pretty sure, yeah, right? Doesn't he request a judicial review for Ross Ulbricht? Well, he could do that, too. Yeah. There's a lot of things he's not doing. That's right. Uh, because this one, whatever. Let them remember why they need us. Yeah, to we re-classify. are Democrats. We will let you smoke pot. Yeah. Not like those dirty Republicans. Yes. That's yes, all they Remember got. all those years of pot smoking you did before we even considered this. We didn't give you permission to do so. And so now we're putting together a committee to review whether or not we will give you permission to do a thing you've been doing right. anyway. Right, right. And now the committee is going to be going to another committee who will then review the committee's review and so on and so forth. Uh, the nonprofit Veterans Cannabis Project has long pushed for veterans to get broader access to cannabis to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, Please. depression, and chronic pain. Its founder said the DHHS recommendation to loosen restrictions offers some hope that the federal government will signal that marijuana has medical value. The founder says this is huge. It's what we've been working toward for years, not just years, but decades. This has been going, this war on drugs has been going on since the early 1970s. It is now more than 50 years. And that's not, and that's not including the prohibition of marijuana, which goes back to the 30s. So it's almost a hundred years in the 90 years range. Uh, But the full on war, of course, started under Nixon. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.